It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Silver and Black. Today, the Tuesday edition. Hope you're having a good day and a good start to this short week for most of us, right? Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. My birthday's on Friday. When you get to be my age, eh, you're happy to be alive, but it's not as much as a celebration of when I was in my 20s. Uh, But we're certainly uh, hoping and wishing for you all to have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We will have our mailbag show tomorrow. And then we will have our normally scheduled show on Thursday on Thanksgiving. So as you get ready to watch some of the other teams in the NFL and spend some time with the turkey and whatever else you might be eating uh, in my food, we have a little uh, Cuban food as well. So we have a mixture of cultural delights, if you will, uh, with my wife being Cuban. So it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. But as you do that, you can listen to Silver and Black today. Uh, Mo will be back for that show on Thursday, by the way. He's uh, he's gotten better and doing really, really well. He's doing his work at Bleacher Report, but he'll be back here on Silver and Black today on Thursday. So we're excited to get him back, as I know you all are. But there'll be a show on Thursday, on Thanksgiving as well. And then, of course, the Raiders in Seattle on Sunday, and we'll have our postgame show after the 1.25 p.m. West Coast start so I would say probably somewhere around 4.30 uh, or 5 o'clock, maybe a little bit later um, uh, on, uh, on, the, on, the, on the West Coast, excuse me, after the game. So we'll figure that out, but we will be back with you. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you already don't do it. If you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe. Hit the notifications bell. Hit the notification bell. Hit the notifications bell. Because <laughs> if you don't get that, then you won't get a notification when there's a new video up like this one. So we appreciate that. Uh, follow us on Twitter, SNB Today. Also, you can follow me on Twitter, at LV Gully. And of course, Mo is at Mo Moten, at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. So follow us there. We love interacting with you guys. All right, I want to jump into this second segment and talk about Derek Carr. Um, I have not been hard on Derek Carr. I think I've been fair on Derek Carr this year. He wasn't performing at the level we saw him perform last year. A lot of you uh, surmise that that was all Josh McDaniel's fault, and I think it was partially, no doubt about it. Uh, and also the rest of you thought that Derek Carr sucks and he should never be a quarterback. So, you know, it's, it's tough to find the in-between. Mo and I always tend to be in the in-between, which is good quarterback, does have deficiencies. This year I thought that, The play calling has not been good. We're going to talk about that in the last segment, by the way, about the coaching and some of the things happening around that. But also, uh, Derek Carr just hasn't looked comfortable. He also has only had 62 snaps, not making excuses, clear, clear distinction, but 62 snaps with all of his offensive tools, which is Devontae Adams, which is Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Okay, those three guys have only been on the field together for 62 snaps. So, but it's the NFL. Injuries happen. Quarterbacks have to overcome that. It's not an excuse. You have to figure out ways to get it done. Early in the game on Sunday in Denver, you heard the commentators on Fox talk about how Derek Carr and his receivers didn't seem to be, with the exception of Devontae Adams, didn't seem to be on the same page. There's disconnect. They're not in a rhythm. They're not getting like they're not getting the vibe. I agree 100 percent We've seen that all year. Not only that. But we saw Derek Carr, I think, with the exception of a quarter here, a quarter there, 
we saw Derek Carr really not look comfortable in the pocket, not look comfortable at all. And yes, was some of that running that offense and in the new offense? I think a little bit of it was, but you're a nine year veteran. You, you, and he's been through so much change that I think it, it should take you less time in my view. But if you don't have the freedom to change the calls to audible and the coaches insisting you run certain plays, then it's kind of out of your hands. And, and Derek Carr said that in previous press conferences, right? Hey, I do what Josh tells me to do, which is a little bit different than the relationship him and Gruden had. So, so with that said, Derek Carr just, he wasn't, and I think, I think Rich Gannon said it best. He said, he's not playing bad, but he's not playing great. He was kind of in between inconsistent. Well, in Denver, I saw something very encouraging if you're a Raiders fan, and that is Derek Carr, for the first time in 2022, looked comfortable throughout the game. He looked like he he knew where things were going. Yes, his receivers were not clicking with him, and, and when you saw him throw a pass to a receiver who went the wrong direction or whatever, um, you could see he was upset, but, but just he realized what happened. So he didn't get down on himself. He didn't do any of that. Then... I got a little worried because first half, it looks great, comes out 12 to 24 in the first half, has a great first half, right? The touchdown pass to Adams early on. Comes out in the third quarter, and boy, it seemed like he wasn't out of sync per se. It just wasn't good, right? I think it was three of seven or something, two or seven to start, oh, for something to start. I think it was oh for five to start, and then two for seven, three for seven as time went on in the third quarter. They again get goose-egged in the third quarter. They score no points in the third quarter again. So that happens. And I was thinking, oh boy, man, is he, is he not going to be able to do this? Is he, gonna, is he going to revert back? But the one thing I noticed, even when that was happening, was, again, he looked comfortable. He looked as though he was in charge and didn't have doubts. Like, I didn't see doubt on his... I've seen other games this year, and I'm sure you all have too, where it just didn't appear to me that Derek Carr was confident in himself or in his team, especially with the, some of these late-game drives when they got the ball back with a chance to win or tie the game. I just didn't see it. Like, there was something, and we've been saying it here on the show, there's just something not right there. Well... Sunday in Denver, it seemed right again. It seemed like 2021 Derek Carr during that run was back. He just had that swagger. If Derek Carr can have a swagger, <laughs> he's a humble dude, so it's a little bit different. But he looked comfortable for the first time, and, and I love that. It was, it was important because all the talk, and I've said it, I thought that this team and Derek Carr were headed towards a divorce. But if he plays like he played on Sunday in Denver and continues to do that, then I would agree with my broadcast friend, Mo Moten, who's been very vocal on the web this week saying that Derek Carr will be back. He has no doubt Derek Carr will be back. I still have some doubts, but they were lessened on Sunday in Denver. I really saw Derek Carr turn it around. And I want to go back to what happened last week. The Derek Carr press conference, the emotional press conference where he broke down. A lot of people criticized him for it, but I think and even Rich Eisen called it, you know, the Raiders have have broken or crushed, whatever the word he w used, Derek Carr. And you know what? Sometimes, and I think you can relate to this as, as a person out there, as a, as a viewer, as a listener. Sometimes you get to rock bottom at a place to, to see what's wrong and to find 
the nugget you need to then jump forward, right? Because you keep falling back, falling back. Fall. We all fall down every day, okay? And Derek Carr got to that point after nine and a half years. He finally just broke. He just broke down. Broke down. And maybe that's the best thing that's ever happened to him. Because the response from him and his teammates, again, Derek Carr, not the guy who's going to call people out. He's not going to yell at people. He's not an Aaron Rodgers, right? What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. But that locker room after the game, a lot of people making a lot about that video, including journalists saying, look, you think, you know, you think Derek Carr lost the locker room? Look at this. I don't put, I mean, listen, it was a great win. And I, I believe the players like Derek Carr. I'm not saying that, but it's also Raider video. It's not, it's, it's state run media. Okay. But it did show the jubilation. It showed them rally around the quarterback. And I think the breakdown last week with Derek Carr on the podium, his teammates saw that. And, well, some of you might say, oh, his teammates now, they think he's this or think he's that, he's not tough, blah, blah, blah. I think it had the opposite effect. I think Derek Carr breaking down was his magnus, magnum opus moment as a leader. Now, again, we all react differently to different types of leaders. Derek Carr, that's, that's, he did, by being vulnerable in that moment and being emotional, he showed leadership. And I don't, you know, again, I know some of you will never like their car and you want them to move on. And that's totally fine. It's a valid point, not an issue, but I'm just telling you what I saw. If you don't like it, I don't care, but I'm just telling you, I think the vulnerability, his emotion, it showed how much he cared about him, his, his team and his teammates and that he wanted more from them. And sometimes, you know, you need to see somebody, whoa, and say, man, I don't want my guy to feel that way. I got to pick up, I got to, I got to look in the mirror. How much of this do I own? And if I own a lot of that, then I got to pick it up and do something about it. And I think that's what happened. So you have the breakdown moment. Carr comes out and plays his best, most complete game of the year. He's had moments, don't get me wrong, where he's been on fire, but I thought that game. And then the calmness of him coming back in that fourth quarter. And I know all the stats, Derek Carr, fourth quarter comebacks. I, it, to me, I get it. It's it's kind of cool. It's one of those stats that seems really impressive. But yesterday's comeback, Sunday's comeback, was was remarkable. And he did it, and he looked calm. He didn't have happy feet. He stayed in the pocket. The pass to Devontae Adams to end the game, the 35-yarder, um, he had a guy come in on the backside of his pressure, another second and a half, and who knows what happens. But it doesn't matter. That's the game of football. Derek Carr stuck in there. The other thing I want to say about that, which will lead us into the next segment a little bit, which is Carr mentioned in the press conference, and I want to I want to get to this um, in a second. But first, I want to play about Derek Carr's performance. You know, th there's been a lot said about Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels and whether or not they're getting along. They're on the same page. I don't think they've been completely on the same page. Not that they haven't been trying, or not that one side's angry and doesn't want to work with the other. I don't think that's true. But I don't think it's clicked for them either. But I think it clicked yesterday in the fourth quarter. 
Sunday in the fourth quarter. Excuse me. Can't keep track of my days anymore. It's a quick holiday week. But if you listen to McDaniel's postgame press conference talking about Carr, um, you can gleam some of that here. And I, I want you to play this because there's some significant moments here where he talks about Carr having a conversation with him going out for that last drive. Here's Josh McDaniels on Derek Carr's performance Sunday in Denver. Derek's, I mean, Derek, there's a lot of things that Derek does well. He's been in the game for a while and, um, you know, whatever the situation has been, it doesn't seem to rattle him at all, you know, and we go take the field with one minute 40 and, you know, we know, I, he asked me before the drive, he said, what, you know, what are you thinking specifically? And I said, we need probably two chunk plays, you know what I mean, to give Daniel a chance. And uh, I said, but don't, don't be careless with the ball. We don't need to, you know, panic or hurry. We got a lot of time left, you know, because when they threw that incompletion, it gave us another, I don't know, 40 seconds or so. So we, we didn't have to rush as much as we would have probably had to um, if it had been under a minute. So um, he was out. He went out there with poise in the first play. I think he threw it to J.J. on the sideline and then, you know, hit Keelan on the in cut, you know. And he trusts, he trusts the play, you know, and, and he's not trying to force it to one guy and, I think they covered Tay pretty good on that, that in-cut to Keelan, and then he goes right to his next read, you know, and then the next play goes to J.J. down the sideline. And so I thought he, I thought he played with great poise, uh, took care of the ball, uh, no turnovers again, and that's always a good philosophy. So there you go. A couple key things there. One was where he talked about the conversation, going out for the last drive, and McDaniels tells Carr, hey, we need a couple chunk plays. So that sets the expectation between the coach and the quarterback, right? We can't get two, three-yard dump-off passes. We got to go downfield to have a chance to win this game, Derek. We got to have yardage. We got to get downfield. So of course he gets the pass to Josh Jacobs, and then you see later on what's happening there, and they they start to open it up. The Foster Moreau later on in overtime, but in that play too. You get it to Cole. So, so they, they, they talk about that, right? So it gives you a little insight. I know it seems like nothing when you watch the press conference, but that was important. That set the expectation of what they wanted to do. So quarterback and coach are on the same page because that's what happened. Then he talked about the importance there of staying and trusting the play. You heard him say that, right? Trust the play. Derek trusted the play. Okay. So maybe what we saw in, in some of these losses and some of these terrible segments of play over the last 10 games has been maybe that trust. And I talked about it on the postgame show with Murph. You have to have trust. Any relationship, coach, boss, significant other, you have to have trust. And sometimes that takes time to build. It doesn't, you just walk in, I trust you. Hey man, it's great. No, you, you, you have a mindset. You've been doing things a certain way. Derek Carr has been, he was under John Gruden. He was under Jack Del Rio. Going all the way back, he's had all those systems. So trust takes time. And they thought they could get that trust sooner, and it hasn't. But the statements that he made there, to me, shows a breakthrough. I know it's just a little thing, and you might have missed it when you watched it on Sunday. But to me, it's a big deal. And I think that's important to point out. That finally, maybe Josh McDaniels has listened to his quarterback because the play calling in the fourth quarter, 100 times better than it was in the third or even the second. They really adjusted well. That's a huge sign, too. If you don't like Josh McDaniels and you don't give him credit for that late in the game, then you're not being honest with yourself. So, so to me, that's a big deal. And I'm going to play one more clip here before we go to the break. 
And it's Derek Carr talking as well about the end of the game and just in general about what, how this team felt about itself after this win. We've been so close so many times. Uh, I mean, y'all know you've been watching us the whole time. And, and we're a few plays there, a few plays there. And um, I think our guys learned how hard it is, you know, like this is the kind of effort and strain it takes. Uh, you know, Josh did a great job of helping minimize, you know, certain things to help us as a team and just to help us be better. And, um, you know, and that, that's a big loaded question. I wouldn't write about it. You know, there's so much in that, you know, but I'm just saying, like, I think that we all found a way um, to play better, to do our job um, at a high level. And it won't be perfect. We're going to turn the film on. I'll be corrected. Tay will be corrected. Everyone will be corrected. And uh, I think that that's the culture that we want to, uh, you know, believe in. And it's culture that Josh brings. It's awesome. You know, like, he hasn't changed, and he won't change when we watch the film after this, you know. Uh, he's going to be the same. And I think that's something that we appreciate. But I think it's something that guys are learning that, man, if I, man, if I really just do A, B, and C when I'm asked every week, man, we have a chance to win. And then it comes down to just making the plays at the end. And um, that ultimately comes down to just do your job. Take a breath like Tay was talking about. Take a breath. The situation doesn't matter. What matters is you do your job, you know, so when you turn the tape on. So I think um, the feeling in there is a result of so much, um, so much work, right? Our owner came out and said, guys, trust the process, you know, however he wants to say it. You know, that's how I, I'm a, you know, Embiid fan, so I always think about that, you know. But, you know, trust the process. You know, it didn't, it's not going to get done in one day, but hopefully we're taking steps in the right direction so that, you know, there isn't, you know, new players and new coaches every two or three years here. You know, you we're trying to sustain something here, and hopefully guys um, see that, man, when we do those things right, that it leads to. There you go. So Derek Carr there, see, the trust, the pro. This is what I said in the first segment here on the show, which is you trust the process, but until you see the result, it's hard. And so sometimes you lose your way, you fall back. And I think that's what's happened with the Raiders. But I think they've turned a corner. I really do believe they've turned a corner here for the rest of the season. Again, not saying they're going to the playoffs or they're going to win 15 games or anything because they can't now. But nonetheless, a big corner and a big milestone, I think, for this team. That's why that win felt so good to them. And it's a big deal for you in Raider Nation. All right, we're going to step aside for our final break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about Josh McDaniels, his adjustment, what he's done, the abuse he's taken, not only from all of you guys and us, me included, uh, but also the national media. And if that attitude may change now, if they can string this together, uh, especially after that big win. We'll also hear from Devontae Adams about uh, the big catch and what he was doing there. I want to just revisit that one, too, because I love to hear Devontae so quiet and well-spoken, but uh, just so casual. He's so talented and amazing uh, and set some records again uh, on Sunday, so we'll get to that as well. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere, Raider Nation. We'll be right back. <laughs> 